You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Alright, here we go. New episode. Uh, welcome to the new episode, Yoshiden. I am back once again to Los Angeles. Rick Hall. Rick is in currently in Japan.、Uh, he'll be back in July 17, 18. So,、um, Rick, safe trip back to USA and see you soon. And today I have、uh, Anthony Bench back on the show. Hello. Anthony, thanks for doing the episode 83, which was The World of Comic Books with Anthony Bench. So, today、um, I have a lot of.、Um, Bunch of different pop culture questions for you. You know, a little, little bit of TV, a little bit of movie, and、uh, some of the maybe issues concerning comic books and video games. Then, then, then finally, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on with you and your business partner about your comic books. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sounds like fun.、Uh, I just want to kind of preface this by saying、uh, I am in no way like an expert. On any of these topics, this is just a casual, fun conversation. Sure. So, you know,、uh, haters don't hate.、Um, you know, actually, fuck the haters. Like, bring on the hate, right? I mean, I,、uh, let's preface by saying I, I like pop culture, and、uh, believe me, I'm not even close to like even like an above average person. I just don't like sometimes these so called experts get angry. No, no, but, fuck them, really. I mean,、um, and, uh, Because,、um, I mean, th- I remember doing the panel and like people were getting angry over、um, Ben Affleck's is going to be next Batman or something. Okay, so you don't like it. Okay, you, you, you made your point. But there's many things in the world you should be upset. This is not yeah, one of them. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, film, television, art. Music, like all those things are subjective.、Mm-hmm. So when I hear that Ben Affleck is going to be the new Batman, like I think, wow, that's a really cool idea. You know, he's upped his game since, you know, the town and Argo and everything、sure. like that. I think he would make a fantastic Batman. When somebody else hears that, they're allowed to say, oh, you know, that's bullshit and whatnot. There is no authority on this because it's all subjective. Sure. So I, I mean, anybody who, you know. And even, even if it is. You know, bad idea. Okay, you, you made your point, but yeah,、um, yeah. I don't really care. And if people disagree with、mm-hmm. you, you know, like, you don't have to be an asshole about it. Yeah. You know, it, one of the things that you brought up, and I brought up in a,、uh, another podcast that I made an appearance on, Martin Listrap's podcast show hour.、Um, I totally think I said that wrong. Sorry, Martin. Anyways,、um, he was talking about how he would love to get into comic books, but he's kind of.、Um, Overwhelmed. There's so many comic books. Where do you start? You know, and、mm-hmm. like that. And I told him, I was just like, you know what? Go into your, comic, your local comic book shop.、Um, strike up a conversation with the guy who's running the counter. Yeah. You know, just be like, these are the things that I like. These are the things that I'm into. These are the characters I want to know about. What do you recommend? Now, if the guy, you know, gives you recommendations like he should, like he's being paid to do, like good business people would do. Um, he's going to give you recommendations. He's going to help you out. He's going to guide you. If he's an asshole, don't give that motherfucker your money. Yeah. Just don't. I mean, you don't have to put up with that shit. Like, yeah. You know, just the whole 
I, I, I remember one time uh, a, a Borders bookstore or Barnes Noble, one of those places. Anyway, mm-hmm. this is way long, long time ago. You know, like when you're young, it's hard for like you got to be fair. Like you know, you. I, I think I was I was I was really young, like late teens, I think, and I was getting one of the Iron Rand's book, Found the Head or something like that. Uh-huh. And the person working the counter said something really snide remark. Now I'm 45 years old. Now I think I I understood what that lady was saying at the time. Uh, now I ha- okay. I'm old enough for me to have opinion about that. Mm-hmm. But um, um, you know, I didn't I didn't know where she was coming from. It's just strange. Like I'm bu- I'm giving you trying to give me my business to you. Yeah. And you're obviously sending this product, and you have to give me a snide remark. And that has happened. Like you know, music music store, bookstores. Heck, even happening at the porn shops, yeah. you know. So, um, well, I mean, you know, I, I think this is a good segue, and if it's too soon, um, we don't have to talk about it right now. But you brought up the fact that there were some people on a video game forum, like giving this, you know, poor young woman a uh, like bunch of rape threats because she. Her name was, is Anita Sarkeesian. Okay. And then she um, she worked in the video business, video game business for a long time. I think even her dad was in the video game business, if I remember right. But basically, you know, if, if, if you're a reasonable person, you could see there's a lot of sexism in the comic book and video oh, game business. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you'd be foolish not to notice that. And uh, and I understand that, you know, as a business person, if you're a business person, that makes sense. Women in general are not as visually oriented than men we were easily persuaded something or like something visually yeah when it comes to uh, opposite sex well I, I mean an example on that is like how many motherfuckers like went out there and bought tomb raider like the original like pc mm-hmm. video game tomb raider because they heard that if you type in an elaborate code Lara Croft in the game would get naked. Right. Like, which which totally isn't even a thing. I mean, sure, you can mod it. But, like, even if it was a thing, it's pixelated pointy tits. And it, and it's it's crazy because, you know, when you talk to young kids these days, access to sex and nudity and porn is so easy yeah. for them. But I come from... I'm, I'm, I, I back come from, then, we back have to be then, sneaky I, about I, it. Yeah. You have to be sneaky. You really have to do a lot of due diligence to yeah. have access to things like that. But... Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I I work in adult business for a long time. I understand, you know, that like um, men were always going to like porn. Vast majority of men's gonna mm-hmm. always gonna like that. Vast majority of men will like sex and stuff. This and, this and that. And and whenever women or when female friends complain to me, I I listen to what they have to say. I don't say anything back like malicious things at them because it's a pretty legit complaint by women. But I also say that most likely I probably ignore it because that it's also not realistic for me to get rid of that part of my life, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't want to be mean about it. So anyway, the reason I brought that um, Anita Sarkeesian thing is, you're a guy, you work in a gaming business, and there are women start complaining about certain things. Okay, you don't like what they're saying. You know, why don't you write an angry letter or something back to them? You don't have to start with a rave. You know, that's a pretty. Yeah, why, <laughs> a, why do you have to drastically go for that one? Yeah, you know, yeah, like that's a big, big jump. Like if you can't, if you, 
if your cat is bothering, kind of shush you away and trying to train him. But you don't have to grab the cat and throw him against the wall, throw him over a you know five story building and stuff. Or but to keep with you know the theme, you don't have to rape the cat. Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's just it's such an overreaction. Like I know they're never going to get rid of that. Maybe they'll tone it down. But sex always sells, and um, you're always going to have a box cover of video games or some role-playing games where you know you have all the men in, uh, you know, like Dungeons Dragon stuff. I remember, you know, you have a paladin; he's in full set of armor. You have a wizard with his magical staff. Uh, you have an elf with his magic cloak and this and that and the magic sword and things like that. And then all of a sudden you see a female character. She's literally in G-string yeah, with Yeah, she's a level 12 slut. Yeah, and, you know, she... Like, other three, other male character in that group is very practical, ready to fight. And, like, somehow this female person is going to ready to fight a dragon in a g-string of it you know it's but it's just fantasy and that kind of sells sells and and, yeah. and i understand ladies i understand it's insulting it's never going to stop it's just never going to stop just like when you guys look at vogue magazine you're always going to see five foot ten five foot eleven six feet tall women who are 120 20 120 pounds and most average women in america and i, I apologize if you guys use metric system but most average women uh, women in America is like five foot five, five foot six, and around 145, 150 pounds. But look, you, you're gonna find things in offensive fashion world probably far worse in actuality because those in the fashion magazine people expect you to have that kind of standards. Whereas video games and comic book, it's not great, but um, I think the real damage is really in fashion magazines. Well, I mean, I I can't speak which I like. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I, I can't speak to fashion magazines because you know I'm 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 not necessarily that demographic. But the th the interesting thing about video games mm -hmm. is that women gamers are on the rise. Sure. Like women gamers are actually like latching on. So when you know, if you're a smart business yeah, person, you're you're gonna want to cater to that. You sure. You want to change. Uh, you know, I, I brought up Lara Croft uh, earlier. Um, the thing about the Tomb Raider games is, you know, I think there was like six of them that came out um, and they were all in one continuity. And Lara Croft was like this badass gun-toting chick who really didn't have much of a personality mm. elsewhere. Um, she was basically Arnold Schwarzenegger with pointy digital boobs. Yeah. Um, they made a movie. You know, they made two movies with Angelina Jolie and those movies were awful mm. because the character wasn't interesting. Um, the but people people still watch because she's in it. Yeah, yeah, people still watched it. But then they rebooted it uh, just last year in 2013. Um, I didn't was, even know that. Yeah, it was just simply called Tomb Raider. So um, was it any good? Oh, it, it's amazing. And and, and it is. Yeah, it's it's a great game. And oh, best, oh, I I, th I thought you were talking about movie. Oh no 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 not the movie. But the best part about the game is that Laura Croft isn't just like a set of tits and no personality. She's this vulnerable girl. She isn't a badass. She's this girl that gets uh, locked in a shitty situation and she finds the strength to overcome it. Sure. And you like literally play the game <clears throat> and you want to see her come through. Right. You, you root for her. You get attached to her. She's not just this, you know, badass that's, you know, you know, going to survive everything that's thrown against you. Like she gets like impaled. She has to like, you know, take like a 
a piece of rebar out of her stomach. You know, like for the rest of the game, she kind of limps on herself. Sure. You know, she when she shoots somebody for the first time, like she actually like feels bad about it. Yeah. And it was in self-defense. It wasn't, you know, just like. So just, it doesn't have a like gratuitous violence. No, mm-hmm. no, not at all. And uh, they also reduced the size of her breast. She looks like a normal, yeah. uh, you know, a normal, beautiful female. She doesn't look like, you know, porn star sized tits. Right. And, you know, just that you can totally tell that there is a shift in where the video game industry is going because, you know, there are more gamers, so more females are going to speak up. Um, I'm fine with them speaking up. I, I don't think we're at the point to where things are going to change yet. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to change incremental. And I think anyone in a position of power, they always have said when, when there's going to be changes. Yeah. I, I understand, you know. Um, I'm sure there's a faction within the video game part where <laughs> the Taliban's of the, you know, like, you know, it should be this way, women should shut the fuck up and blah, 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 you know. Um, and I'm, I'm not some bleeding hot liberal either. I just think if you let the market system work, there's underserved groups of people, i.e. women, that if you're sure enough, you probably could make video games to make money. So I'm just, I'm just trying to be reasonable. And if you don't like what women are saying, like, well, uh, but, uh, try to listen to them, what they have to say, or just ignore it. But, um, or, you know, but it, it is, I mean, I, I don't want to make light of it, but it is, it is kind of funny that, like, this guy, whoever it is, his first reaction is, I, like, rape is the solution to this problem. Yeah, I, I want to know what this guy looks like. I want to know, like, you know. It's probably, like, some sissy guy incapable of doing any of that stuff. But it's it's like online threat, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's sad. I mean, you know, we we've gone past, you know, the fact that you can hear somebody say something and disagree with it. Yeah. And then argue your cause, and we've zoomed straight past to, well, you said something that I don't agree with, so I'm gonna rape you. Like <laughs> that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm interested in knowing what this guy looks like. Like. You know, you're right. He probably is some kind of, you know, demasculine guy because the, you know, those are the ones that make the most threats. You look at the guy, you know, who who did the uh, Santa Barbara shooting, and he looks like a scrawny dude. Like he just looks like the type of guy that would, you know, shit his pants if he ever tried to talk to a girl. Uh, you know that guy had a whole set of issues too, and uh, you know we, we we could talk about him another time. But um, let's um, talk about cool shit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I I, I just that um, I'm, I'm all for free speech and stuff, but I just thought it was strange reaction that guy had to this uh, Miss Anita Sarkis Sarkisian. Sounds like um, um, Armenian or something, but um, yeah, yeah. She has every right to complain about something because it's probably true. Yeah. Probably not going to change. Well, I mean, if it does change, but it's not it's not going to change at the rate that she she's expecting. But, you know, um, I mean, real quick, though, I mean, the same thing happened recently. Just back in April, there was a woman that was uh, complaining about the way that an underage character in the Teen Titans comic book is, you know, wearing scantily clad clothes. She got violent threats. She got rape threats. It's just weird thing, and and I don't understand where it comes from. I don't understand the people that feel compelled to threaten somebody with such like a horrible, awful act. I mean, it's. A I mean, for one act. thing, people complain. The chance of stuff changing, 
probably be very remote. Yeah. Um, but be, whoever made that threat, they're basically doing the things that's going to turn against them, you know? Because, um, I mean, she's right, though. I mean, it's one of the shit issues, like, I like looking at those pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, is it realistic? No, most 16-year-old girls don't have that kind of crazy build like that. I mean, if you if you take a measurement of her breast waist hip ratio for that her age it it, it just like i'm not saying it's impossible but highly unlikely but it's just but once again it's a comic book and fantasy yeah so they're going to do all this attribute that men are looking for visually so that part i understand the murky part is like a reinforced stereotypes and sexist attitude which is yes but I, I want to end, end, move on to another subject. But I remember watching a documentary recently on Netflix. I, I don't remember uh, America the Beautiful or something like that. Uh, uh, documentary part two. Basically, if I remember right, we have about four. We have about five percent of our world's population, USA, but we're spending almost forty to forty-five percent marketing. In other words, all the commercial the girls see about beautiful models wearing dress and then the fashion things like that. That trickle down with the rest of the world, and basically we are pretty much dictating what women are supposed to look like. And I think the people who are resentful of that is women who don't look like that, yeah. you know. And uh, most guys really don't care if you don't look like a models, male models, because our reaction is always like, "Well, that guy's a faggot," and that's the end of the conversation, and we just move on. But it's a it's a hot topic for women because it's just such a difficult ideal to reach for. It's okay. It's okay. It's come back inside, and then um, you know I could understand what they're uh, so concerned about. But um, anyway, um, please, uh, if you're listening to this and you're one of those kind of jerk guys, no more rape threats. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, real. no more ro- rape re- threats. This is not India, after all. Jesus. <laughs> um. So wow, wow, we got really got off a tangent on that. But um, I I want to quickly talk about five TV shows. Uh, one of them we probably talk l- lengthy, so I'll ask you last. So the ones I want to talk to you about is, you know, like Orange is the New Black, Master of Sex, True Detective, Walking Dead, and finally Game of Thrones. Um, then after that, we could talk about one or two movies. Then I want to talk a little bit about what's going on with your um, comic book, and uh, we'll finish the show. So I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Let's talk TV. Okay, so... Um, Orange is the New Black, uh, which is a smashing hit for Netflix, and I think um, it's spreading throughout the world. Uh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Netflix is available in every country, but the country that it's available, I think it's been heavily uh, held as a very very um, uh, good show, excellent show, surprising hit last year. A great cast, great cast, great story, and I saw season one. I only watched the three episodes in season two. So without not giving the spoil, uh, spoilers, um, how is season two, was it for you? Because I know you finished watching the whole thing, right? Yeah, I, I finished watching it. Uh, the thing about season one, um, and I think it's been out long enough to where like we can kind of not you know, necessarily you know hit big spoilers, but we can talk about it in a way that we're, you know, we're not protecting our listeners. Season one would be fine. I, yeah, don't, I don't think it, okay. it should be a problem. Um, you know, direct all hate mail to Yoshi. Um, <laughs> season one is, I, I mean, it sucked me in right off the bat. Like, the character of Piper, like, I was interested. I wanted to see her 
react to like all of this. Can we do a little ba uh, basic background in, in case? Sure, yeah, yeah. Ba basically, if, if, if um, whoever's listening to this now don't know, it's basically a story about a character named Piper. Mm -hmm. when based she, on a true story. Based on a true story, based yeah. on a book. And basically, when she was young and dumb, she had a lesbian experience with a, her ex-girlfriend, and they got into drug business. Yeah, They're drug smuggling drugs, and then um, uh, they commit a crime. And before statute of limitation reached, this I, I don't remember exactly, but somehow they got her before the statute of limitation uh, uh, reach ended. Well, then, I'm not sure if if it happened in real life, but it happened. It, it, it so. happened in real life, like. She was like maybe a year away from getting away with mm -hmm. it. Somehow they got her in a real life. But in the show, uh, mm -hmm. her ex was the one that reported her. That's how the police found That's out. That's right. Because uh, she that was way gonna, her sentence would be yeah, lowered. She was mm -hmm. going to get a reduced sentence. The ex was going to get a reduced sentence. Um, and she is one of those middle class, middle upper class white person are not used to growing up with ghettos and dealing with people in a uh, socioeconomic background, much less going to jail. Yeah. So the comedy is, here is this pristine white person who probably would have continued to stay middle class, upper middle class, all of a sudden find herself in jail because something that she something that she did when she was young. And then uh, each episode, she emphasized one of the characters she meets in prison. And uh, it's a very um, clever show. Well, I, I mean, the thing about Piper was I was sucked into the story because of her. Like, I thought this was a fascinating premise to a show. But Piper was quickly outshined by the supporting cast. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you would have episodes that focused solely on the supporting cast. And I found, like, as I went on, like, the supporting cast was just so much more interesting. They yeah. So much more background to them so many more nuances you know they were more interesting flat like to, to put bluntly they were more interesting than the main character of the show um so i watched the first season i loved it i couldn't wait for season two were you surprised how good it was uh, yeah very surprised um well you know what actually i mean I, you did hear other people keep saying how good it yeah, was right no i i watched it the first day it came out um the reason why i i can't really say i was surprised um, because it's done by uh, the same woman who does her, who did Weeds. Yeah. And I loved Weeds. Like, Weeds, to me, is kind of like a show that had really great moments and then a few really, really, really bad, cringeworthy moments that were just like, okay, this is just horrible, awful writing. Um, but the, you know, my, my opinion on Weeds is that overall it's, a show that has more positives than negatives, certainly. So when I I, I did enjoy Weed on Showtime, mm -hmm. and uh, I could never say the uh, showrunner's name. Jinji uh, Kohan. Yeah, there that? you go. And um, I, I'm not gonna lie to you because I enjoy Weeds, but like last couple of years, it, it just like it wasn't good. It was it was just agonizing. Like I think it went a little too far. And spoiler alert: if you if you don't like, uh, you might you're probably gonna hear something you don't want to hear. But I. I just thought for me, everything changed when the youngest boy and we ended up murdering somebody at the pool. Yeah. And like, that's like, <laughs> like, well, what the fuck is this? You know, like that, that kind of, it wasn't even a cringy things like, oh, it's just like, it's just not, I don't know. I thought that, I thought the way they handled that, I was like a little crazy and like, 
whatever. But um, now, now, I, did you I, stop I didn't. I didn't. Watching I, it at that point. Or? No, I watched, but I think I didn't finish the like uh, last season. I think I watched the one or two episodes of the last season of that. Yeah. But I didn't finish it, so I was a little worried when I saw her name attached to it, and um, and I just showed like when you do more, you do, you get better, and I I thought she did an outstanding job with uh, Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. It's a great story, and the way they did it, and it was very compelling. Because we're inclined to put people in prison like they're like not even humans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then you know, there's an argument that I, I know we've we've kind of already hit our political quota for for the episode. But there's also a part where it's like you know, these people did stuff wrong. You know, like if you take away all the bad stuff about prison mm-hmm. and 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 whatnot, it, it's essentially, you know, like camp, really. Um, you know, but it does kind of question, you know, like what kind of rights do these people deserve? What kind of protection do they need? And how are we treating them? How is the system treating them? And, you know, quite frankly, Orange is the New Black shows that we treat them negatively. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that we, we do. I mean, we treat our senior citizens horribly. Um, but you know going going back to you know the non-politic pol- political stuff uh season two i was really excited about it um and it became one of those shows where to me a true test of like an engaging show is if i can watch an entire episode without doing something with my phone or yeah. you know playing like the simpsons tapped out or you know texting my friend or you know uh scrolling okay cupid or something like that if i can go through an episode without doing that then I am engaged. I am interested in the characters. And to be honest, for whatever reason, I, I've heard people loved season two, but season two did not engage me on that level to where I could watch it without being distracted. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Overall, what I heard from people is like, it was great. A lo- more people than not told me that season two was better. Oh, yeah, I'm in the minority. Um, did they say that um, it does start slow? Oh, it and, does. Yeah. And, and, and what I heard was, it got really good from a halfway point to the end. See, that might be it. Like, I, I might have gotten to that halfway point and just completely given up because it did start slow. And yeah. it did focus on, I think, like three in a row Piper-centric episodes. And one of the things I didn't mention yet is uh, by the middle of the first season of Orange is the New Black, I could give two shits and a fuck less about Piper. Mm-hmm. She was a whiny character. Her, you know, love story with, you know, Jason Biggs yeah. was just boring to me like you know it was just petty it was just her complaining all the time it's just like make the best of your situation sure um so season two opens up with three very piper centric episodes and you know stuff changes with her and jason biggs's character that i thought was just super lame like i you know one of the things that we'll talk about when we get to talk about you know what me and uh, my partner Scott Joseph are doing with our comics is one of the things I can't stand is someone being in an abusive relationship because I can't I I personally cannot come to terms with that if somebody mm-hmm. treats me like crap I'm kicking them to the curb that's what Piper does she you know she's in love with um, you know the, the character played by Laura Preppen right from uh, that 70s show who's beautiful in it, by the way. But she's the scum of the earth this character is. So I keep watching this, you know, Piper character just going, like, I'm over her, you know, like, she, you know, screwed me over for the last time, now it's revenge, bitch. 
And then, you know, like in the same episode, she's just like, well, you know, she's just misunderstood and I love her and whatnot. And I was like, or I, I started thinking that's an abusive relationship and somebody who is constantly in an abusive relationship, I cannot really relate to that character. So maybe that's another reason why I kind of dropped out with Piper's story. Sure. Um, I, I want to, you know, for those of you who, who don't watch the show, I, I do think it's interesting that, um, I don't know, 10 to 12 episodes season, but each episode's emphasizing season one, particular inmate. And I, yeah. I, I, I find a, a delight because um, you get to understand like what, what, what they were like before prison and why did, what, what did they do to get ended up in, in prison and why they did what they did, you know? And yeah. I mean, that's only sometimes, like a lot of times they just kind of show like what the character was like mm -hmm. before prison. They don't show necessarily what happened that put them in prison. Sure. So it's kind of like all just, you know, backstory of like, you know, how this person got this quirk. Um, for instance, there is an episode. In Which one is your favorite character, by the way? Uh, my favorite character would have to be Red. Um, That's I was thinking the same. The Ukrainian lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's amazing. She's awesome. Um, but in season two, there's this character, uh, and I'm not gonna give it away because it's, I I think it's kind of a spoiler. But you, she's introduced in season one, and you you like her. Mm -hmm. You you know you you she's one of the characters that's like genuinely nice and genuinely concerned about other people and then in season two you find out that she's like a horrible horrible like person that basically ruins lives just because she's she's mentally unstable and that kind of bummed me out because i was so attached to this character and you know you kind of find out that it's it's basically a mental disorder sure and you know like i i understand that that you know happens there are charming people there are people that are well like that do have mental disorders that turn them into monsters and everything like that but as you know somebody who wanted to enjoy this character i think that change uh was completely out of the blue um there was no setup there was no you know build up to that change it just happened swiftly and uh, i kind of regret that you know i brought this up and you haven't even seen it um, because you would totally know who I was talking about, but I won't say anymore. We can uh, skip on to another character. Who's your favorite character? Um, Red, but um, I uh, I like Red. I kind of like that crazy eye. Yeah, yeah. She's another character that just went through some stuff in season two that I didn't like. Yeah, and you know, we we judge people every day i get judged every day but um when you get to know a little bit about her like i guess I, you get to know more about her in season two i, I saw that a little bit of that but yeah. i, I kind of like like oh that's why she's the way she you know and um it's unfortunate because i think prison's probably full of people who probably would have ended up never been in prison if it wasn't for circumstance you know yeah. i mean there are bad people even good or bad they're going to be bad but uh, those middle m middle ground people you know like if they uh, could afford the medication that would balance them out or you know? they, or they would just grow up in a really bad environment yeah yeah um but uh if you haven't had a chance to watch uh orange is the new black i highly recommend it i'm going to finish watching it hopefully within a couple weeks i like what i'm seeing right now and uh check it out on netflix um 
Um, there, there's other four other shows, but I want to kind of jump and talk about Game of Thrones because that's the one I want to talk to you the most today. So um, I, I love the series, and you only, not only, but you watched first three seasons. You haven't watched season four. However, you read the books. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know a little bit more than you do, actually. Um, and the reason why I, I, I just want to say this, I, I, I love the TV show. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, the TV show is the reason why I read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished season one, and I was like, okay, season two is a year away. I cannot wait that long. I need to find out what happens next. So well, when you, when you start watching it, um, did you did you already anticipate it was because I, before you watched the series, you haven't read the books, right? Yeah, I hadn't read the books. So what what, what did you anticipate? Like, uh, you, were you hearing a lot of good things about it? Uh, you know, I remember um, being at Comic Con um, in a hotel room, and they had HBO in my hotel room. And they were showing previews to two shows. They were showing previews for True Blood, um, which was about to come out. And then they showed um, some production footage of Game of Thrones. I looked at Game of Thrones. Season one, episode one. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at Game of Thrones and I was just like, okay, well, you know, it's based on a series of books. That's cool. It's kind of, you know, set in like, you know, snowy mountains. Kind of gave me a uh, like a Lord of the Rings vibe. Sure. And Sean Bean was in it, and I love Sean Bean. Sean Bean's awesome, you know. He's and he was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was in Boromir. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he was fantastic in Boromir. Yeah, or as Boromir. Um, and I just, you know, I I was interested in seeing it, but I don't have HBO. I've never in my life had HBO past, you know, the free mm-hmm. weekends or whatever. Um, so I um. I wanted to check it out. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't even yeah. know that was a fantasy because the the production uh, just really focused on the Ned Stark family. Sure. So I thought it was just people with swords like out in the cold. I didn't know there was supernatural elements <clears throat> to it. You know, yeah. I just thought you know, for all intents and purposes, I thought it was like you know from like the the fifteenth century, you know, just a uh, medieval type story. And yeah, I, I I dig that. So the fact that when I actually saw it, it was like fantasy. It did reference dragons. Um, it did you know talk about you know these like White Walkers or zombies and, and everything like that. I really really loved that. So by the end of it, I mean it ends like on such like a you know what the fuck just happened. Um, I wanted to know what happens next. And well, I when was, I, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, it's just another fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I think if I remember, my friend Lars Patton was telling me it's fantastic. You know, yeah. he's always on, yeah, even ahead of me when it comes to fantasy stuff. But I grow up with that stuff, you know, play Dungeons Dragons, yeah. and read uh, fantasy novels, and things like that. But, but um, we, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like George R. R. Martin obviously hates the fantasy genre, yeah, because in the fantasy genre you have one protagonist. In Game of Thrones, you have several. Um, you have, you know, the protagonist is surrounded by a group of loyal people. Yeah. In Game of Thrones, nobody is loyal. Everybody's going to stab you in the back. Well, when I, when I, I didn't, I didn't know that before I watched yeah. it. You know, you, you just think, oh, this is like another typical fantasy, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it, and I think HBO actually offer, even for non-subscriber, like opportunity to watch first episode for free. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, the worst, worst thing is I ended up wasting an hour, didn't like it, but. Um, I was shocked because it 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 put everything upside down. What what you're used to because 
even in the first episode, you have uh, uh, Peter Dinklage, great American actor, and I think he's the only American who are the uh, main stars of the show, uh, playing this uh, character named Tyrion, and I'm sure most of you listening probably know who he is. But, you know, he basically was getting blowjob from this hot girl yeah. as a hook prostitute. And, like, of course, in any world, sex is a big part. But in fantasy world, well, that's one of the irony of fantasy mm-hmm. genre. There aren't any sexual fantasy at all. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it's, so I was shocked because I don't think I have ever seen things like that except Robert E. Howard's Conan the Barbarian series. There's oh, yeah. a lot of nudity and things yeah. like that. But I kind of, I don't really put that in the same fantasy level as Lord of the Ring. It's, it's, uh, it is fantasy, but um, when I talk about fantasy, fantasy, I'm talking Lord of the Ring. I mean, that's like the blueprint of everybody kind of follow after him. Yeah. Where, whether it's Pierce Anthony or all this other Stephen Donaldson with the foul series and, you know, all this, you know. Well, yeah. I, I think there's, you know, to me, you can break it down. There's two different types of fantasy. There's the fantasy where, you know, all the characters and all the circumstances are, you know, consumed by, or not consumed, but just surrounded by things that can't possibly happen in our life. Mm-hmm. Then there's the fantasy where it's like, these are things that happen in our life, whether it be the political, you know, backstabbing, yeah. it, whether it be the warring factions, you know, and everything like that. <laughs> It just so happens that there's fantasy elements in it. And Game of Thrones is definitely the latter example where, you know, these are very human characters doing very human things. Sure. Uh, not heroic, um, not magical, not, you know, they're, they're scumbags, basically. But I, I, th- I think George is obviously a student of warfare and history. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he has to be. Um, you see all sorts of stuff you probably see in the War Roses and like history of Europe, and yeah. I, I really appreciate it. You just, I'm just not. When I watch historical stories like Henry VIII, and whatnot, or on the Medici, you're used to all these terrible things because you read them and it happened. You're ready for it. And there really isn't a surprise. I mean, yeah, you read the history books and you kind of. I'm just wasn't happen. expecting a fantasy like that yeah. at all. And in fact, Game of Thrones, I much prefer it. Less magic. The more the better. It's not really exciting to see the dragons. It's not exciting to see smoke monsters and all yeah. this stuff. That's that's what's interesting. The the realistic interaction of people, and even when when so-called despicable groups of people in the show, there's a logic why they do what they do. You know, yeah. and uh, like you were you were telling me during lunch, like. The Stark family is always reminded by even the people who hated him, like how honorable they are. Yeah, yeah. But one thing you learn that uh, being honorable doesn't translate to longevity and being alive. No, I, I mean, not at all. It, it's, it's, you know, no. the interesting thing that I told Yoshi is that nobody has a single bad thing to say about Ned Stark. And for those who haven't watched Game of Thrones, uh, I suggest you do. Uh, go watch it. It'll take you about 10 hours to go through the first season and then come back and listen to this part. Okay, welcome back. Um, we have this character, Ned Stark, that, you know, spoiler alert, gets his head chopped off. He is the one character... Played by Sean Bean, yeah, who get killed in Lord in of the Ring. Every single movie yeah. he's in, really. Uh, sometimes he's even killed twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have this character that's basically the moral compass of the show. The uh, character that 
you know, you want all the other characters to lose to, basically. Yeah. Because he is so righteous and he has such, you know, a strong will. The only thing is, you cannot survive in that world living the way that, that the Stark characters do. They're too honorable. They're, you know, they're they're not willing to, to go behind people's back. They're not willing to make underhanded deals with other people. They're They're... You know, but one of the cool things about that is that nobody really outright insults the Starks. Uh, Ned Stark is always like, you know, Ned Stark was a good, honorable man. But then they add, you know, something like Ned Stark was a good, honorable man, but he was an idiot. Or, but he didn't know how to play the Game of Thrones. Or, but, you know, he trusted too easily. I, I, I might be a little technical here, but he was playing the game, but he was diff- playing a different game versus, let's yeah. say, the Lannister and Tyrell and mm-hmm. Targaryens, you know. And um, to guys like Lannisters, if you watch the show, basically to them, it's not a question of what's right or wrong. It's basically what's, what's in their self-interest and survival of the family. So they, they dictate their behavior based on that. Yeah. And they don't let these uh, restrictions called morality get in their ways. And, um, uh, you know, maybe this is something that the German philosopher Nietzsche always talked about, too. It's just commoner have a certain sense of morality they live by, but the so-called elite lives by under different code. And um, I find that really, really interesting. It's disheartening to see it because uh, even the George R. R. Martin say he's not a nihilist, if, if you're a fan of the show and you watch it, it's disheartening at times because people that you care about get <laughs> repeatedly murdered. In, in unexpected ways. Yeah. Like that show does throw conventions out the window. Like, you aren't, <clears throat> you know, you're expecting, okay, when is this person going to get his comeuppance? And sometimes it's, it's not ever. Sometimes it's, you know, seasons away. Sometimes it's, you know, you think, like, okay, this guy is going to be the one to, you know, kill this guy because this guy has backstory and whatnot. And all of a sudden, something just completely random happens to the sure. other guy. Like, it, it's it's not bound by that, you know, tired storytelling mechanics where everything has to, you know, you know, it, go back to something that was referenced earlier. Yeah, it, it's, um, you know, at this point, we, we talk enough, and anybody who's who hasn't watched the show would have stopped by now, or maybe not. But let's be frank, Ned Stark had executed at yeah. the end of the season one. And while they were preparing to execute him, I still didn't believe it because you're, you're, you watch so many of these kinds of show. it doesn't matter if it's fantasy or cowboy or World War II movies or not. The convention is just about when they're getting killed, some help will come up and rescue that person. Yeah, all of a sudden arrows are going to fly yeah. out and you know, kill everybody or you know, one person's going to take off the executioner mask. Yeah, yeah, like, got, a, like a Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. But when he got his head chopped off, I, I, I just say to myself, wait, did that fucking happen? Yeah. And there's a lot of that throughout the series. And I, I mean, you know, going back to... I hate it, but I like it. Yeah. Going back to the fact that it's it's a fantasy story, you almost kind of think like, oh, okay, well, he's going to come back. Yes. He's going to come back somehow. They're going to resurrect him. Or, you know, they're going to, you know, he's going to be a, a ghost or something like that. No, I mean that character is dead. Gone. Is dead. Yeah, that character is gone. Um, you know, uh, but jumping back because uh, I don't want listeners to get the wrong impression. I did read the books, um, but I'm also a big fan of the television show. Um, I unfortunately don't have 
uh, a Go or HBO Go pass. Um, and I, I feel kind of bad, like, you know, uh, illegally downloading the show. If that's your thing, cool, but I feel bad doing it. Um, so I wait. And I know for a fact you actually do buy those because I've yeah. been to your hotel, uh, apartment. You you have all the TVs. Yeah, yeah. You, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went to film school and, you know, not to sound pretentious or, you know, sure. condescending, but I... I saw what it takes to do a film and i saw that you know when you buy when you pirate stuff like it really does kind of take money out of everybody's pocket not just the executives not just you know the directors or the stars and everything like that um i mean it takes money out of the gaffer's pocket it takes money out of the electrician's pocket you know the production assistants everything so i've always kind of tried to you know buy you know unless it's something i can't find yeah or something that's been discontinued or something from you know another country that you know it's not available here but you know when the seasons come out i'm there the first day and i buy them um unfortunately you know people do get to see and people get do get to talk about the things that are happening in the show but then on the other hand i've read the books so i have a better kind of understanding of where things are going sure uh, i'm a little bit farther you know george R. R. martin hasn't you know, written a new book since seven years ago or something. Yeah, like that? yeah, it's been a while. You know, but um, I'm sure they've already had this conversation. They probably told the showrunner of Game of Thrones, like, okay, if if something happened to me, this is the conclusion of yeah. the show. I'm sure there's there there's that. Not to mention many of the young characters, they're growing faster than actual books are being written. Yeah. So you know, I I I heard that um, they're actually going to be. Three or four more seasons left? Is that right? Three seasons left? I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I know that they do have uh, like a finite like mm-hmm. amount of seasons um, that they've always planned on doing. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I, I do think that George R. R. Martin is, is incredibly slow in putting out the next book. Um, so <clears throat> it would make sense the fact that He's an older gentleman, and he's also not in the best of health. Uh, that they would be like, you know, look, we need to know how the story ends in case. Is he is happens. he is he really slow? He's a slow writer. I mean, uh, I guess if you're doing it right, but those, but isn't it also true? Like most of his books are not small either. You're talking seven hundred to a thousand pages, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not criticizing him as a yeah. writer. I'm just saying, you know, like. It, Stephen King can come out with a book every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, George R. R. Martin is not that kind of writer. Yeah, um, or maybe he is, and he's just not writing Game of Thrones. I don't know. Um, but I, as far as I know, like he he's really <clears throat> taking time. Yeah, he, he's just taking time. I guess a it lot does, of fans are pissed off about that. I guess it doesn't affect me because all I care about is the TV series. Yeah, I think they're smart enough to have a plan if something happened to him. Oh yeah. So so I'll I'll just leave it at that. Let's talk a little bit, a few more things about it, and we can move it to another one. Um, who who are the, some of the um, characters that you like on the show, ones that you don't like? I already told you during line. I don't really care about the whole Khaleesi narrative. Yeah. I don't care about Theon's, Greyjoy's uh, narrative. Um, I, I I don't really care about those. I I do find um I'm kind of okay with um. Who's that cripple kid? The Starks. Brand. Okay, I'm sure he's got an important part. 
I don't I don't quite find that that interesting either. Yeah. I well, do I I do find the Lannister family very interesting. The oh, Tyrells. The are awesome. Uh, Tyrion's a fascinating character. I, I like. Um, um, who's Tyrion's um, bodyguard? Oh God, I can't remember his Bra- name. Uh, not Bronn. Uh, I've read the books, but I'm, I'm not an expert. I mean, I, I mean, there's a bunch of characters I like. There's others. I'm sure they're important story. Did you uh, did don't you care ever, about him? Did you ever uh, watch the um, the was it the real like ac- uh, accurate trailer or some uh, honest trailer of uh, Game of Thrones? They do these web series where it's like honest trailer and it kind of makes fun of like the trailers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, they humorously like you know refer like to the cast as like and the other characters you don't know or who you can't remember their names like that guy that did this and that guy who smacked this woman and you know like that type of thing uh that's how i am like even by reading the books like there's characters there's so many characters in this show and in these book series that you lose count um but anyways, going back to your question, um, I, I tried to make Ephraim know more about their names and stuff. Yeah, and um, I, I'm really fascinated by it. I mean, I used to get kind of jealous when when people talk about Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watch at least Star Trek and Star Wars, but it's a very superficial knowledge. Like yeah. I recognize all the big characters' name, but other than that, you know, it's, it's not a big a deal. But this series, I don't know what it is. It just kind of registered in my head. It clicked in me, so um, I tried to rewatch many of the episodes. And like uh, off season, I'll probably start rewatching the first three season again. Yoshi's being modest. He has a whole wall with like oh yeah all the characters and you know like little strings attaching to their plot points and everything like that. Um, Sad things. Everybody's going to believe you now. <laughs> he that's because it's true, Yoshi. It's it's obviously true. Um. Let's talk a couple of characters. Did do, do characters I like? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, oh, oh, interesting characters. I, I, I do. F- I, you know, I started out liking uh, Khaleesi's storyline. I honestly did. Really? Um, yeah, just because she looks like a Puerto Rican with a fake blonde hair. <laughs> Very true, and she's also really, really hot naked. Um, I just don't like the way she looks. I've really? seen her brunette. She's beautiful brunette. I, I think she's beautiful either way. Like, I just don't like that look with the blonde hair and girls that look like that. Fair I've enough. just seen too many like fake blonde hair that doesn't look right. Yeah. And she she looks like one of those. I know she's beautiful. Yeah. But uh, I, I just don't like that look at all. And, uh, I don't care for Mother that. Mother of Dragons is not doing it for Yoshi. I, it, I, it, I just find the whole storyline uninteresting. I find that Lannister's with Tywin, the head of the family, really, really interesting. Yeah, uh, I, I like that Charles Dance. I think that's just the car- actor's name. I always liked him ever since uh, Golden Child with Eddie Murphy, where he played uh, Satan or devil or demon, whatever it was, in the mid '80s. I remember him for a long, long time. Mo- you know, they're all English actors, yeah. or people from the UK. Oh, well, the thing I liked about Khaleesi was she comes from this family, the, t- uh, you know, Targaryen. the Targaryens that have such an like a negative stigma to them i mean they're basically they're you know the king was called the mad king mm-hmm. you know and you don't see any of that in her so i i like to think that by the end and i'm not spoiling anything but by the end of game of thrones 
like she's there's gonna, no way for there's no way for yeah, it to spoil because we don't know that's true uh she's going to come into power yeah and she's going to just be like an evil awful bitch that everybody has to take down and it's going to be kind of like a what the fuck moment because you know like you followed her journey throughout and you've seen her do all these kind things sure and you actually you know i'm, I'm sure hitler did kind things too you, you kind of get this following, which, you know, that's obviously what she's doing in the show. She's gaining a following. She's, you know, getting people to basically drink her Kool-Aid. And I thought, you know, well, this is going to be interesting because, you know, wouldn't it be great if she did have those mad tendencies? And she was, you know, a super villain with, you know, dragons. Whatever, whatever it is, it's going to be unpredictable. Yeah. It's not something that there's, I know for 100% sure I will. I'm. I'm not gonna know. I can't predict how it's gonna end. But I mean, up until this point mm. in the show, it's just her like walking from place to place, and basically it's, conquering. It's boring. Yeah. It, like nothing interesting is happening. She's not interacting with any of you know our favorite characters. No. Um, which you know a little tease that's gonna change really soon. Like that thing with uh, Jamie Lannister and Brienne apart. Yeah. That was really, really fun because it's like a couple. What was the movie with uh, Robert De Niro and um, Midnight Run? Charles Grodin? Maybe you're too young to remember. Yeah. Uh, it's just amusing because Charles Grodin is just this annoying accountant and um, Robert De Niro had to transport him from across the country for um, witness protection thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a comedy of like a couple traveling. But boy, talk about a couple, those two, you know? Yeah. And Jamie does all kinds of terrible things, but there's few moments in the second and third season where you he finally open up and talk about why what he why he did what he did, and, he, and you're really torn because he he did a terrible thing in season one episode one, which is terrible. Uh, well, let's let's be blunt. He tried to murder a child. Yeah. He pushed a kid out of a tower basically yeah but when you hear why why what he did and things things that reverberated throughout his life with reputation like you feel sympathy for that person so it's it's like even if bad people very similar to orange is new black you get to sense like why is this person this horrible then you find out a little bit about their background like oh you know it's, it's a little bit more complicated and even even when there's backstabbing and some massacre happened, Tywin Lannister, the head of the uh, Lannister family, said, "Would you rather see us lose ten thousand men, or kill a group of people with the trickery and murder them, yeah. and we could end the war?" And like, if you put it in that light, um, would you rather be no noble and invade Iraq or assassinate Saddam Hussein? After losing how many thousands of people in Iraq, even if it's unethical, like it just made me think, like, wouldn't we have been just better just massacring his family or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, then the world would look on us, like, mm -hmm. know, with disapproval. Um, you know, one of the things that... I could live, I could live with disapproval yeah. if it means to say five to 10,000 Americans, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, oftentimes people see stuff that we do and then they want to attack us so i mean it's kind of like you know a very deep question like you know i guess that's why we try to kill people more subtle way yeah um because any, you know 
look, make it look like a natural disaster. Or drone attack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to Game of Thrones, um, did you like the Lannister family? I, I love the Lannister family. Um, they aren't my favorite. Um, for, for those of you who don't watch the show, Lannisters are the mo one of the very powerful family. They supposedly have a lot of money. Yeah, they're they're rich. They're rich, and their their phrase, the family motto is, Lannisters always pay their debt. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of throughout. If Which you insult them, meetings. yes. Yeah. Uh, you know the Lannisters you are kind of set up to hate them uh, early on. I mean, there are two characters, well, about three. Three of the Lannisters are just despicable people, like hands down, like just awful. Uh, Joffrey, um, Cersei, and uh, Tywin are just... Tywin is the, the head of the family, the old man, and his, his daughter, uh, Cersei Lannister, and Cersei's son king jeffrey is a despicable jeffrey, yeah. yeah very despicable uh, he's awful um but i mean the show but he is entertaining to watch oh very <laughs> he's, he's such a great actor yeah uh but the show subliminally like jack gleason places the idea that these are the bad guys by the music they play when the characters mm -hmm. enter the scene uh by their actions mm -hmm. you know and by the fact that you don't get to see their motives behind what they're doing until later on after they've long after they've done it and by that time you already hate them you yeah. already you know but then you have joffrey where like he has no reason to do the things he does he's, he's, he's just a mad he's just an asshole really but this is where that once again it's always hard to be black and white because as much as some people might hate lannisters they like peter dinklage character Tyrion, who is Tyrion lannister yeah He's such a remarkable character, and uh, he's literally a giant among them. Even though he is a midget in the story, a dwarf, but he's really giant. And uh, the tragedy of him is Tywin Lannister hating him because uh, his wife died giving birth to Tyrion. Yeah. But he doesn't recognize that Tyrion is, is intelligent and cunning. The kind of intelligence and cunning that is good for the family too. Far more cunning and intelligent than any of his other children. Right. Which you know that's that's kind of the uh, the the tragedy of it all. Um, and there's all there's also the House of Tyrell. Yeah. Which is the um, which are fairly new. I mean, they were introduced in season the end of season two, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, was Marjorie or whatever. Yeah. She was introduced, uh, I believe, at the end of season one or at the beginning of season two. Yeah, and the most important one is the Lady Tyrell, the head of the household, who farts a lot. She is um, she's amazing because she is the equal to Tywin Lannister. Mm. But what I like about her is. Yes, she could be ruthless, maybe not as Lannisters, and she could be cunning as well as uh, Lannister when it comes to the uh, duplicity. But at the same time, she still has somewhat of a goodness in her and make sure the family's taken care of. Because Lannisters, you know, uh, literally the brother sisters fucking each other to give a birth. They're in, it's an incest, uh, which is outrageous that Ty 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 Tywin doesn't... Maybe, I think you told me in the book he, he know that incest going on. In the TV series, you, we're not really sure. Yeah, I, I believe in the book he actually like publicly executes people that try accuse to, him of incest. That try to accuse Joffrey of being the product of incest. Even though he probably do know in books that incest is just going around rampant. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know it's obviously him kind of just being in denial. Um, it's very also it's also very heavily hinted that. The Lannisters have like a very long 
line of incestu incestuous relationships. Um, so for all See, know, there's no indication in a TV series. Yeah. So it, it was surprising when you told me that today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um that's but actually that makes sense because if you look at European history, incest was going on oh, yeah. a lot, yeah. you know. There's a political advantage of marrying one royal family with another for sake of family, but not good for bio biologically speaking. That's why British people have awful teeth. Well, I, I, whatever the reason that may be, um, but I, 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 I like Lady Tyrell because she was basically telling her granddaughter Marjorie, who was a very beautiful uh, actress in Henry VIII. She's incredibly gorgeous. Yeah, but she's really good at playing the seductress. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think she'll be good for comedy roles, but in drama and being sexy and, and being a powerful woman, very believable. But. The, the grandmother, Lady Tyrell, was basically telling Marjorie Tyrell that, you know, whoever you're going to marry next, because she, she has a habit of losing husbands. Yeah. Fucking them well is a very important part of maintaining power over men. And, like, that's true. It just You just don't expect to hear that sort of thing in fantasy yeah. series. And I, I really, really love it. I love them. I like the Jon Snow's character. The bastard son of Annette Stark. Very intriguing character played by Kit Harrington, who happened to be the Char King Charles II's descendant. So he really does have a blue blood. Um, that character is really interesting. I like Brienne of Tart, like we were saying, Jamie Lannister. I like the little girl that play by, uh, plays uh, Arya Stark. Yeah. And in each season, she's uh, paired up with interesting men learning about the reality of, of the, how hard the world is. And she's getting a really good education. Yeah, I, I mean, she's taking a piece of like all the lands. And, and sorry, this is jumping back a few topics. But one of the cool things I like about it, as a comic book uh, fan is the fact that, you know, you read a comic and you're like, oh, hey, I'm reading Iron Man, but Hulk showed up. You almost kind of forget that these characters exist in the same world. They're in the same show. Sure. But when, you know, uh, you know, Brienne fights the wall, or not fights the wall, but uh, the hound. fights the hound. You're just like, oh, right. Like, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like Khaleesi. She doesn't interact with any of the other characters yet. And I know you haven't season, you haven't watched season four, but you read the book, so you already know what's going to happen, so it's not a dead giveaway. But um, it was a great choreographed fighting. Mm. You know, sometimes some of my female friends get a little overboard, like, okay, she won. Because he, he, you know, he had probably had infection, tire malnutrition. But yes, she beat the guy. But in a normal circumstance, nine out of ten times he probably would have won the fight if he yeah. was healthy. You know, but um, it was a, it, it, that last episode of season four. Um, interesting, you know, uh, the hound get his ass beaten. Tywin Lannister get killed. Uh, I can't remember who else got killed in the show, but. Um, um, I know. I know I'm watching a greatness, and then and, and it makes me sad every season when the season's over, and basically we have yeah, three more seasons left. Yeah. Three more seasons left, and um, well, speaking of the way that season four um, ended, uh, there's something huge, uh, big that did not happen in the show, that happened in the book, and now the creators are saying that. Uh, it might not happen in the show at all. And for those who... Is this a spoiler? Books, I'm not saying anything. Okay. I'm just 
this is my shout out to the people who've read the books. Yeah. Uh, if this occurrence does not happen in the show, we fucking riot. It has to happen in the show. If the writers and the 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 creators of the of Game of Thrones decide not to put this instance in the show, let us amass a great army and march on HBO because this has to fucking happen. That is all. Well, I don't know what it is. So eventually, when the series is over, I'm sure you will tell me. Let's let's talk a couple more characters, so we we'll jump into another TV show, sure. and then we'll be short with other ones. Um, what's his name? Vari, the bullheaded uh, Enoch, the advisor for the Lannisters. Yeah, what do you Morris. think about? Uh, yeah, what do you think? They call him Spider too, right? Mm -hmm. Because his network is like a web spread throughout from the King's Landing, where Lannisters live, throughout whole seven lands. What do, What did you think of that character? Um, I find him very, very interesting at the end of a season four episode where he's, I didn't think he was evil. He was so ambiguous, you know, like I didn't know where he stood. That's another character that, you know, at least from my opinion, you were set up to hate. Like from the show, the way they shot him, uh, the way they, you know. In typical fantasy book uh, movies, when you see a character like that, you know they're no good. Yeah. The, the music they play yeah. you know, when he walks into a room, that sort of thing. He's set up, and then in season two, or maybe season three, I can't remember, there's this powerful monologue where he explains, you know, like his backstory, why he's a eunuch, like everything like that. And that scene is just incredibly powerful, and you almost, you know, realize that this is somebody who, you know, realizes... Everything that is necessary to do, whether it's good or bad, he has to make sure it happens. Mm -hmm. And there's also like a battle of wills between, you know, him and Littlefinger, who is another incredible character that we haven't even touched on. Um, his name is Peter. Start with a B as Baelish. Baelish, yes. And basically in the court of King's Landing, where Lannister live, um... People don't fight with um, swords and bow and arrows. They fight with intrigue. And politics. Politics, backstabbing, exaggeration, something like that. But uh, Peter is, uh, uh, a.k.a. Littlefinger. He's called Littlefinger because he's come from the area called Littlefinger, if I remember. Mm. He is uh, a deaf and a politician, just like Varys, the spider. Uh, you know, he, uh, they're very competent. Just like Lady Tyrell is a competent politician as well. Um, yeah, I, I find both of those characters interesting. Like, Peter is basically a pimp, really. He runs a bunch of uh, brothels, but he learned a lot of human weakness, and I'm sure, and desire at brothels, too, and he kind of used it against people. Oh, Remember season one? He basically told Ned Stark, you shouldn't have trusted me when he put a dagger in the, yeah. to his neck. Well, I mean, even before that, he tells mm -hmm. him, you know, it's unwise to trust me. Yeah. And sure enough, I mean, you know, a few episodes later, there's Peter with, you know, a fucking knife to Ned Stark's throat, whispering so, in his ear, like, you should, I told you you shouldn't have trusted me. And that's but what, what downfall. But what's, what's sad, if I remember season one, Peter was trying to convince Ned Stark to do that so-called right thing, right mm -hmm. thing to power, which is like coup d'etat uprising and take yeah. it over. He didn't do it. So Peter, Peter realized this is not the guy to do business and mm -hmm. we have to move on. But um, 
Um, also, Peter's kind of motivated by, uh, you know, Lady Stark. Yes. Uh, Who is married to Ned Stark. Yeah. You know, uh, so, you know, there's also the ulterior motive where he wants to get rid of him to get to her, even though that doesn't really pan out. And it was it was very stunning to find out in season four that um, he really was the guy who started this whole thing. Yeah, he's he's the mastermind. I mean, and, uh, to me, like at this point, he's winning the Game of Thrones. I mean, if you are looking at like a literal game, he's fucking winning. Like he's so after reading for, uh, the four or five books available in that series, when, once you finish at that point where you finish the last book, he's still ahead. I'm not saying a word. Okay. I'm not telling you. Um, but you could say as far as season three and four in the TV series, I could I could say that with confidence, he's ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's way ahead. Um, you know, he threw some bitch out of the window. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so all those characters, I, I find that uh, Stannis, Baratheon, Robert Baratheon's younger brother, yeah. who really is legitimately the rightful person to take over everything. It's not the most warmest, most charismatic character, but boy, when it comes to war, logistic, and getting ready to fight, uh, no one's uh, competent as him. Well, I mean, you know, in the show, it's briefly hinted on, or briefly t uh, touched on, but in the sh uh, in the books, it's more elaborated on. Um, the only reason why mm -hmm. Ned Stark believed that Stannis should take up the throne after Robert Baratheon was killed uh, was because Stannis is next in the bloodline. He doesn't necessarily believe that Stannis is a good ruler. He doesn't believe that Stannis is the right person to lead people. Stannis is a warrior. Yeah. Stannis is a general. Stannis is not merciful. He's not somebody who actually even takes advice. He's someone that's going to do what he what he wants when he wants, and that's ultimately bad qualities in a ruler. But he has um, I don't want to say this word assistant, mm -hmm. former pirate. I keep saying Solaris, if I remember right, his name. No, I don't remember. But he was former. Uh, uh, he's not a pirate. He's a smuggler. Yeah. Because he made a point in the season four, smugglers basically who people who help pirate move the stolen products. So you know he was like a borderline guy, but he basically uh, was there to assist Stannis, and he is very important to Stannis because Stannis does not have a he he's not really good at connecting with people or have that human touch, and so uh, I'm sure you know this from the book. There was a battle where. Stannis show up, surround the wildlings, and basically win the battle. And he's talking to the leader of the wildlings, the free people, I guess you want to call them. And basically he said, you need to kneel, bend your knees, you know. And um, Jon Snow explained to the king, like, look, the guy ha has laws. There's no point in trying to bend when you could work with a guy. Um, so I think Stannis is finally learning a little bit of a flexibility because some people will never bend and bow to you even though they lost yeah you know, like it's better to work with within certain code among different groups of people and just work with them 
Because if he doesn't bend, what are you going to do? You're going to kill 100,000 people. That yeah. was, you know, so I think balancing that black and white thing and being flexible is the way to survive in that world. You know, um, you, you can't be completely naive like Ned, Ned Stark. But still, I'm interested in seeing how Khaleesi would be as an absolute ruler. Because mm -hmm. right now, she's playing, you know, the whole, you know, oh, I'm going to free slaves. To and do the right thing. Good guy. You know, I have this feeling that, you know, the mother of dragons is a bad thing. It's a bad idea to let her gain power. It's a bad idea to have her anywhere near the Iron Throne. And I really hope that pays off. Uh, knowing Ger George R.R. R. Martin, he's so hard to, you know, usually as a writer, um, I can look at like different, you know, plots and kind of predict where they're going to go. Sure. And I'm usually pretty accurate in that. With Game of Thrones, all bets are off. Yeah, you know, like there is no, there, there isn't anything you can really compare it to in terms of, you know, a structure. And that's what I, I love about the, the series. It's fantastic. It, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I, I love all the characters. It's sad to see people go. Um, but um, that's really such an important part because it just put <laughs> it put a lot of pressure for that showrunner to like try to surprise us each season, you know. Yeah. But but unfortunately, people have to die to make the story interesting, you know. And um, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. If you haven't watched the series, highly highly recommend it. Watching it, read as much as you can. It's um, it's a fantastic series, and uh, very sad to see last episode. We lost Shay, uh, Tyrion's mistress. Yeah. And uh, boy, that was very painful. Uh, last two, three episodes for Pink, Peter Dinklage character, just just emotional roller coaster. Yeah. You know, just to see him go through that. You know, betrayed by the father and sister, betrayed by his love, and you know, set up for something that he didn't do, but he yeah. wanted to do. Yes. You know. And and uh, guaranteed because you haven't seen it, but. If you've seen the performance of how he defended himself in the court, I saw clips. Oh yeah, it is. A lot fans. of people were saying that like it, that was kind of uh, him winning Emmy. Yeah, well, yeah, but him like speaking out like him his experience. Of, yeah, him speaking out on his experience of of being a, you know a little person. It was very meta in the fact that like you know he's saying all of these things. You know about how he's. I know he said he was acting, but let's be frank. He must had some tough time growing up. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. You know, not uh, all the world's success is not going to erase that feeling, and then you're all, you're going to have it until the day you die. But Peter Dinklage, what was the movie Last Station? Uh, I have no idea. He was. In, I think he was in that movie. Man, he was so good. He was so good. Peter Dinklage has always been a great actor, and uh, what a thoughtful. Great and uh, proud to be American. I'm I'm glad at least there's one major American actor in the whole series. He's he's very he's very funny too. I mean, yes. You you remember his little bit in Elf with yes. Will Ferrell? Uh he's in a new movie called well not a new movie, uh but a movie that was just released called Knights of Badassum. Yeah. That's really good. Um he he's fantastic in everything. So let's the next time we talk, uh I would like to talk to you after you watch the TV series for season four. Uh, let's couple talk a couple more. We got maybe twenty more minutes, and we'll, you know, then we'll talk. Uh, Master of Sex on Showtime. Uh, Michael Sheen 
and uh, Lizzie Kaplan. Story, story about uh, Master and Johnson's that the six uh, uh, um, researchers, and I think if I remember Ohio in the 1950s, uh, based on true story, based on the book. And uh, I've seen season one. I haven't, uh, I haven't watched season two yet because I don't think it aired yet, I don't think. But um, um, fantastic series. Enjoyed it a lot, and um, how did you how did you enjoy? It? Did you watch this the whole season one? Correct. No, I I watched the first three episodes. Oh, okay. So um, you that was one of the shows that, um, I you know, it, I feel weird saying this just because it's I don't know. It's just a weird thing to say, but I've always been fascinated. Well, it's a weird thing to say out loud. I've always been fascinated with sex. Mm -hmm. I've always been fascinated with, like, you know, the female perspective on sex and the male perspective on sex, the science behind sex. I've always been interested in all of these things. And as soon as I saw the trailer that they played before, like, I went to the movies and they were, like, doing advertisements. Sure. I was like, this is what uh, something I want to see. First, I love Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, second, you know. She was in what, Potty of Five? Uh, I don't know about Party Five. She was in True Blood. She was in. Um, she was in True Blood. Uh huh. Yeah, she was in first season. Uh, she, oh, really? I yeah. don't remember that. Yeah, she was the uh, the girlfriend that um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Suki's brother. Bo? What's his name? Yeah. I, I I I know who you're talking about. I just stopped watching that in, like third season. But she was in the season one. Yeah, she was the. Uh, they remember they kidnapped the uh, the vampire played by um, Stephen Root. Yeah. And they take his blood, and they're like doing, you know, drugs. Yeah, yeah, that's Lizzie Kaplan. I didn't know that. She's she's fantastic. I loved her in Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, I loved her in the Marvel uh, short Item Forty Seven. Um, I have a major crush on her. Uh, but I saw that. Saw Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen's fantastic. He's a great actor. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the Masters and Johnson. You know, story, uh, except for I didn't realize they actually got married sure they were married uh, for years and i think she died like 10 years ago or something she lived for a long time yeah. so i guess i wasn't that familiar with it but i knew who they were mm -hmm. and you know their their article with time magazine and everything like that but um i watched it and i was just like this is something that i would be interested in and it's it's to me i get bored with madman or madman mm -hmm. I, I just get bored with it because how dare you, sir? I'm sorry. How I'm sorry. dare you, that's, sir? That's a show that I watched like the first four episodes of, and I just couldn't get into it. I'm not denying I love that's that series. Good show, uh, but you know, maybe to me, like you know, I'm perverted in the fact that you know it's it's a show that is centered around. Let's sex. be fair. Reality is, unlike other hits by AMC, The Breaking Bad, uh, The Mad Men, the numbers been dropping. Your, you know, it's it's. Um, I guess it does take a lot out of you i don't know yeah. maybe that's not the right way to say it, but no it, it, it's you slow. know it's but slow. but i really enjoy watching that show uh and just like breaking bad is so addicting you know but i understand that you're absolutely right you're you're actually majority when it comes to madman um i i don't know because i'm 45 i'm way older than you too so yeah. the history of the 60s and, and uh, the way it presents itself love watching it uh, well, uh, I mean, Mr. Weiner, who, who Weiner, Weiner, sorry, however you pronounce your name, uh, showrunner for The Madman, fantastic job, fantastic, and his son who plays the creepy boy in the show, tremendous actor. <laughs> I, I just love this. I I just love. I don't know. It, it just like it really hit me. I really like it. 
Um, Game of Thrones and, Bre and Breaking Bad is way more exciting to watch. Yeah. But I, I, I put that in the same level with those shows. Well, I mean, one of my favorite shows of all time is Battlestar Galactica, the remake. The, I love that. Yeah. The first time I tried to watch it. What's the her, what's your name? Nine or seven? Uh, shit. What, or sex. 16? No, it's not 16. It's a single number. Yeah. She uh, is so hot. She is. She's beautiful. Trisha Heffer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's took, one of my favorite shows, and I can't remember what the character's I took a picture with her. That's nice. And she was beautiful, and she's very friendly Canadian, and uh, I love that series. That show was great. It, it did the same thing, I think, Game of Thrones. It took science fiction to another level. Like a, it, It's no longer it was science fiction. It was a serious drama. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I bring it up because I watched it the first time. I was very, very sick when I watched it, and... I could not get into it. Blame it on the cough syrup, whatever. I, I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I watched it again. I fell in love with it. I was engaged. And and just, you know, I, I watched the seasons back to back to back mm -hmm. to back. Um, but I'm thinking that maybe the same thing will happen with Mad Men. Another thing is... Um, I watched The Wire and I love that series. I still think it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest TV series. Mm -hmm. First time I tried to watch it, I could only get into like one or two episodes. Yeah. I had to wait another year before I tried it again, then finally I got it. That happens all, all the, the time. All the time, yeah. I mean, Anchorman, the first Anchorman is one of my favorite movies, the first time I saw it. I That's how I used to watch gay porn. I didn't like the first time I watched it, but uh, a year later, <laughs> think a lot of Chandler's Fist, because I understand now. I understand what's going on. That's why you always got to watch everything twice. I mean, <laughs> you know, jeez, uh, I don't know what to say, Yoshi. But um, but going going ba going back to Masters, Masters of Sex, Sex yeah, yeah. it's um, it's a terrific show. I I just love the story, but not only that, the production and you know the the clothes that they are wearing. Um, it's it's a, such a well done show where um, they really did a prep work. I, I just love the fact that, you know, you have that one doctor in the first episode that gets a blowjob and he's just like, this is the dame that I'm going to marry. <laughs> it's like, who thinks that way now? Like, honestly, like, that's such a old school mentality. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's just, I I can't wait to, that's a show that just sucked me in from the from the beginning. And as a matter of fact, I was... You know, planning on watching it tonight, but things happened, things came up, so I'm actually gonna probably watch it all tomorrow. Um, I, I love the humor that you know, the difference between women, you know, and the way that they view sex. Like, you know, why do you fake an orgasm? Well, it's usually because the woman wants to go back to doing what she was what she would rather be doing and it's just like oh man like man we have this weird notion of what sex is to women it's completely off base and i think this show is just a nice straight up bitch slap of reality mm -hmm. and you know it's 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 kind of pointing out the hubris of, of the male sex drive um I know you have to go soon, so um, um, overall we could just. Um, uh, no, no, I'm I'm fine. You sure? Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward for season two. Um, yeah, let's talk when you come back again. Finish the rest of the season um, one. 
Um, let's talk a few minutes on, uh, <laughs> I know this is a tall order, True Detective. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, True Detective, uh, Yoshi recommended it to me last time we hung out, which was probably like a month ago. Um, and, you know, Yoshi just had high praise for it. Um, especially he praised Matthew McConaughey. I cannot stand Matthew McConaughey, but I watched it and that guy is incredible in this role the the story the way the, the story is told is just so well done and so perfectly crafted and you see so many different aspects of these cops like you see them on the case you see them outside of the mm-hmm. case you see you know usually and towards the end this kind of happens but these characters do not get along at all they this isn't a buddy cop show this yeah. isn't you know and you also on the side you either get that or you get you know well this cop doesn't get along with this cop because this cop is dirty and you don't really get that i mean there are some shady things to woody harrelson's character but none of it, he's still a good detective and so is matthew mcconaughey they just have conflicting personalities well, you know, I met, um, oh my God, what's a detective from LAPD during the O.J. Simpson case? Mark, um, ah, why am I forgetting his name? He got in trouble for using the N-word a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who I'm talking about? Why am I? Um, Woody Harrelson's character is it's, 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 um, not a perfect guy, cheat on his wife, yeah. not Multiple good father. Times. Yeah, not good father. But um, he's a, he is a, he does care about women. Problem is, his the kind of caring that he does is little uh, patronizing and feel like women are capable of making good decisions. However, saying that, he does in general uh, care about women, and um, you know that the it's like an odd couple, two detectives, you know. And um, it was a it was really weird. It was almost like. Uh, CSI meets David Lynch. There was a lot of mystery throughout the season. Yeah. And uh, really enjoyed it. There's a scene where, remember, um, they have to go into uh, drug dealers' places. And, um, you know, uh, Matthew's character have to... Uh, is inter- actually, like, an integrated, like, gang member in yeah. this, like, place. And he's, like, uh, undercover, obviously, because his whole thing is uh, he was so good at being undercover like he was almost like passed around Mm -hmm. to all the different departments in the state to like go on these like extreme undercover cases and um so he's like just this biker he's decked out in like a biker vest he looks like he's in sons of anarchy and just total badass but anyways you were saying um that 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 what do you call that those tracking shot yeah one shot one take it was unbelievable um uh, you know, we, we we're running out of short because I have to take care of a couple of things. But True Detective was fantastic. I was really sad when the uh, the show was done. Very similar to Fargo. It's like a one and done. Yeah. Season two will have different casts, but um, uh, terrific show. I thought Woody Harrelson and uh, uh, I mean, I'm a sexist pig, so there was a very attractive women in the show. Very that attractive. was good. And um, um, you know, it's um, it was terrific. And um, I can't wait till what happens season two, and um, 
I have one question for The Walking Dead because uh, you 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 kind of stopped watching it. You read the comic books. Yeah, yeah. But right. um, in the comic book, for those of you who watch the show, the Carl, the young boy, he get raped in the book, right? Comic book. Um, I'm, I I don't really recall. I know that he gets assaulted. Assaulted. I don't know if there's like full penetration, but no, yeah. no. I mean, what I saw, it looks like they implied. Yeah. And I was shocked, like, you know, because episode before, they ended up killing this two, one girl, one young girl. And the following episode, um, <laughs> Carl get assaulted and sexually assaulted, you know. The thing about Walking Dead is, like, it's an AMC show. So they have, obviously, you know, a lot of restrictions to what they can show, what mm -hmm. kind of storylines they can tell. You don't have that with the comic book. When I found out that Walking Dead was going to be on AMC, like, I was furious. Because Walking Dead has some seriously disturbing things. Uh, the whole point of Walking Dead is the title is not referring to zombies. The title is referring to people who have so completely lost their way, so have completely lost the concept of uh, civilization, being civilized, that they are now just as bad as the zombies that, you know, eat flesh. I didn't know that yeah. until just now. Yeah. I thought I just assumed it was zombies. No, no, that's that's what the title of the originals of the comic book implies. Uh, with the TV show, you don't get that, and there's a lot of weird choices that don't make sense because you know the show writers shuffle around so much. But the comic is brilliant. It's great. There's some heartbreaking things. There's some disturbing things. You really get like a uh, just a, a very horrifying uh, picture of what we could become. Um, if there wasn't anything to keep us in line, if there wasn't a government to keep us in line, if there wasn't, you know, morals and rules, if you were actually, you know, like fighting for survival with, you know, just a few select people mm -hmm. against the other people. And, and the one of the best parts about the book, um, and I, I kind of hear that they kind of did it a little bit in the, uh, the show recently, is um, they come to this town and the town is like living life like it was before the zombie apocalypse and it's such a shock mm -hmm. to you know rick and, and his people that they're hostile at first and it's just like look what you've become like you know these people are welcoming you with open arms and you're looking at them like you know what are they going to do they're going to stab us in our sleep and everything like that and that doesn't necessarily happen with this town but it's just stuff that comes up like that it's just really brilliant i think the show tries to do those stories um they tried to do you know the little girl being you know a killer and everything like that which they did in the comic book a lot better um but they fail because ultimately you have restrictions with television you don't have those restrictions uh or at least restrictions anywhere in the same vicinity that you do with comic books um God, now i wish i read the comic books because i, I guess uh, to you comic book is probably better than actual tv oh, series so much better so much better and I, 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 um, you're not the first one to tell me, but it's it's amazing that um, I think the first comic book that made me really change my attitude for comic book was um, oh Watchmen. Yeah. To me, that's not even comic book. It's it's a novel, you know. Well, I mean, we could sit here and talk about Watchmen all day, but uh, one of the things that people don't know is I showed you the second part of The Dark Knight returns animated show yeah and i, I want to know uh what you thought of that as far as like you have a character 
that is very popular in a very dark, disturbing setting. Uh, what'd you think of that version of Batman, Frank Miller's Batman? It was really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It was creepy, and there was this really weird sexual kind of thing in there, too, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot, and uh, it's it's great to see that. Um, like other stories that I don't know about Batman, especially Joker. There is Didn't you tell me there's one in the comic book with old Joker that is um, uh, like the a seminal book? Yeah, The Killing Joke by, uh, by Alan Moore, um, who wrote The Watchmen. Um, you know, The Watchmen was the book that really opened the world to you. You know, the, the fact mm -hmm. that these comic books can tell dark adult stories, not necessarily pornographic stories, but stories that, you know, are just as good, if not better, as, you know, television shows yeah. and, you know, movies and stuff like that. Uh, one of the things I want to do for Yoshi is, like, open the floodgate. And if I was a little bit more prepared, I actually would have brought you The Killing Joke, and I would have actually brought you these comic books that you can check out to where, you know, like, Watchmen... I'm so behind in so many yeah, things, so... Watchmen is only the beginning. There are fantastic books out there that are, are very dark and very gritty, and, um, you know, even characters that you don't necessarily identify as dark and gritty, like Batman, you know, you, you read The Dark Knight Returns, you read The Killing Joke, you read, you know, The Long Halloween, and it... it astonishes you that like these things that have just always been perceived as kids stuff kids books are not are not yeah um let's talk about your comic book and i'll, I'll let you go um what's how was it going since last time i talked to you uh actually um the comic book is going well we finished um i'm part of a collaborative um company that creates independent comic books we're called panda fuzz inc you can find us at www.pandafuzzinc, that's I-N-K, uh, .com. Um, we have ash cans, which are six-page teasers. Um, we have synopsis of our books. We're currently working on four books together. But we finished uh, our first full-length issue, 24 pages. Mm -hmm. Like, I can now confidently say I'm a comic book writer. I'm a comic book creator. And that's incredible. That's uh, That's... An amazing accomplishment because I learned how to read by reading comic books and you know now I'm a very small part so far in the industry but I'm a part of the industry nonetheless yeah um, it's called patch Hawkins uh, we finished the first uh, issue uh, that book was created by my artist uh, Scott Joseph um, he wanted to tell a story that kind of harkened back to the movies he grew up with he grew up with you know Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, you know, like the one-liners, the cartoonish violence, you know, that type of thing. And uh, it's basically set in space. It's these um, aliens that attack all the colonies and basically to the point where humanity has to basically say, okay, we give up. And before they can do that, Patch Hawkins, the main character, comes in and he's just like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to just create, like, all kinds of problems. So they maroon him on a planet where he can't do anything during these peace negotiations. So he has to find a way to get off the planet. Anyways, that's the gist of, uh, of Patch Hawkins, according to me. Um, I'm writing issue number two um, just because Scott, um, he's a great artist, not necessarily a, a great writer. He needs a lot of help with the dialogue. Mm -hmm. But we're working on the story together. So I'm writing uh, issue number two. Uh, but the book that I'm most excited to talk about is called Stronger. Stronger is based on 
some experiences in my life I've had with women who date abusive people that stay in abusive relationships. And we talked about this earlier. I can't really, I don't really understand that. I don't, I, I cannot, with my experiences, I, I cannot understand why a woman would stay with somebody who beats them. Um, and I want to know because, you know, people I care about went through this. I want to identify with their experiences. I want to understand why they couldn't just get away from that person. So, um, it's but some men will stay with abusive uh, women too. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not uh, no, no. I, I know. I know what you're saying. It's just women are not violent. Yeah. They're just abusive. I don't know, emotionally and verbally, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, if I'm dating somebody who is pushy or somebody says, you know, you can't hang out with your friends. You know, I'll tell them to fuck off. That's just who I am. I don't understand the people there. Like, well, you know, like, uh, she doesn't like you, so I can't hang out with you anymore. Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. That's control. I don't like being in relationships where I feel like I'm a, a piece of property. And in the past, not so much anymore, but in the past, I've been in relationships where I saw the women that I was with properties. But anyways, um, I'm going off track, and I'm supposed to be talking about comic books. So anyways, this is a comic book based on an experience I had with... Uh, a woman who was in an abusive relationship and I realized, you know, I need to figure out why she didn't run, why she eventually, after we broke up, got back together with this guy. Um, that happens a lot. So I'm reading into this, I'm doing research and I come to the conclusion that the only so, way... So you're, you're at the writing phase right now. You haven't actually have it done. It, it's 17 pages done and it's going to be 24 pages. So I'm just right at the cusp of actually finishing it. Then after you're done, you'll give it to your friend. He'll do illustration for yes. it. Yes. Okay. Yep. He'll uh, he'll look at my script and he'll do illustrations for it. Um, but it's uh, it's basically about a woman who dates a superhero, and she realizes that she's the only link to his humanity. She's the only thing that he identifies with, and. If she breaks up with him, what will happen? Because you always hear that with abused women. You know, like, if I leave him, what will he do to me? What will he do to himself? What will he do to other people? I need to stay here and be with him to kind of keep him level. And it's like, I don't understand that, but I understand that if she was seen a superhero. Once, uh, once it's done, once you submit those um, uh, written material to your friend, how long would it take him to finish it and, and imprint it and everything to be ready to go? Oh, Scott works fast. Um, I mean, we were doing ash cans, which are six-page teasers. We were taking them to comic book conventions, uh, talking to editors, you know, IDW, because I, I interned for them, um, Image, Dark Horse, like all those people, we were taking them to editors. And finally, me and Scott were like, if nobody's going to buy our concepts... If nobody wants to make our books, we're going to make our own books. Um, we started Panda Fuzz Inc. this time last year. We've done um, six ash cans. Uh, we've done one full issue of a comic book. And now we're working on the our second full issue, which is the first issue of another book. Um, and I anticipate we'll have it done probably in... Um, a matter of months. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, we wanted to try to get it done before Comic Con, but it's just not happening. So yeah, we because we're literally like less than three weeks away, right? Yeah, we we do have an ash can, and I'm actually going to show you the uh, the ash can after after we wrap this up, and and I'd love to get your opinion on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very cool feeling to confidently say like I'm part of the comic book industry. I make comic books. And, um, you know, I, comic books are what I love. Um, so check us out at www.pandafuzzinc.com. Uh, follow Scott at, um, at Fuzzy Joseph on Twitter. And uh, follow us, PandaFuzzInc, I-N-K, at, uh, at, on Twitter. All right. Well, um, Anthony, thanks for doing the episode. Thanks and, for having uh, me. Um, sorry, I'm... I'm it was a, such a hot day. I, I didn't realize how much it took me, took it out of me. But yeah, I think we're both really burnt out. Burned out now. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Sorry that the, the episode was kind of all over the place, but um, I'm glad um, Anthony just happened to call me in the middle of the day and he was in the neighborhood and we had a chance to talk and uh, do a one quick episode. So, anyway, thanks for listening. Um, write me an email if you have questions or complaints at dumbyoshi at gmail.com and I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Take care.